you have not signed up for the open yet and you're listening to this podcast go sign up and then when you put crossfit through that filter right of the three metabolic pathways the 10 general physical skills and the hopper you start understanding the programming a little bit more some of them being organic and then actually some of them being neurological in other words some of them we can get better at just by training others are going to require a ton of practice we have to have that stuff in our programming because I'll tell you what most people do in their fitness is they do what they want to do. That's life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> it's the O-N-O-F-F switch. I'm going to get some water. We got a bottle of water in there. Oh, yeah. So if you want to. The O-N-O-F-F switch. <laughs> oh, man. It's so true, right? All right, Charlie, we're back. Back, man. Open this Exciting week. Exciting week, man. Exciting week. You know, it's probably for you, and it would be cool to get your your thinking going into it, because now you're pretty much third. This will be your third year serious. Like, mm-hmm. you made, we made it to the qualifier two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Last year, you went back to the qualifier. Yep. So this will be your third in what you would expect to go to the qualifier and beyond. Yes. So tell me kind of what you're thinking this week and kind of how you're feeling. You know, that's a, that's a really good question. And just so everybody knows out there, this was not planned when we, <laughs> when we talked about what we were going to talk about today. This was not the Chris Rea podcast. So I got to gotta watch my comments here. But um, I might be here this for another, is, we might be here for another hour talking about me. This is unedited and uncensored. So, <laughs> uh, You know, I think, I think the best way to describe it is um, – I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxious to see how my fitness has changed. I've changed a lot of things this year, um, with a particular uh, with with a particular emphasis on mindset. Um, you know, I've, I've done a few other things. Obviously, last year about this time, I, I hired a different coach, and or I hired a coach, I should say, um, and and that'll be different this year. But I, you know, I, you know, so. so I've gotten stronger and I, all the physical things I, I really haven't done much differently than I've done in previous years. This year, the focus was on mindset and staying, keeping a positive mindset. I read a lot of books this year, listened to a lot of podcasts and, and just try to keep everything in, in perspective. Whereas before, I don't think I put a big enough emphasis on it the years before. Um, and, and man, I've learned a lot this year hmm. just about, about, uh, about keeping things in perspective mindset positive mindset um and just you know going forward with that and how much that can improve your training or how much that can improve your results and and how much less stressful it is quite honestly than you know Kristen will tell you in years past i'd go home from having a bad workout and it just ruined my whole day and um you were the hardest on yourself. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And Whereas, that, like somebody else, you'd be so positive for them, but when it comes right. back to you, you'd be yes, really... absolutely, absolutely. And whereas now, um, it's kind of been a mindset change. Where like, I want those days now because now it's like that's that is the day to exercise your mental capacity as opposed to your physical capacity. Say, you know, it's just not happening. I'm doing clean and jerks, and I'm missing at a certain weight that I always make, you know, now it's like, okay, get something out of this training now. 
you're not at your maximum, you know, as opposed to just throwing in the towel or just moving on to the next thing. What are we going to, it's not going to be weight this time. What are we going to work on this time? Are we going to work on the pull this time? Are we going to work on just getting it off the ground? Are we just going to work on, you know, the dip and the jerk? What are we going to make something out of the day? And now today is a day to practice the mental side because it ain't always going to go well mm-hmm. in the open, right? And I remember last year at 17.1, First week of the open, I'm sitting there like 500th place, and man, that was that was tough. So um, being able to exercise that mental ability has probably been uh, probably been the biggest difference this year. So well, are you? Uh, work, when are you going to do your workouts? Have you even thought through that? You know, yeah, we have. I think me, Josh, and Trent are going to do a seven in the morning. So wow. Seven in the morning because we've been working out um, together quite a bit um, at that time, and so I think Mondays at seven in the morning. Um, you know, it's a little bit quieter around here. So you so won't do it Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? You'll just do it once? No, we'll do it definitely, definitely do it either Sunday or Monday. You know, okay. Haven't, haven't figured oh, that so out. Oh, so Friday's yet. 7 a.m.? Friday's at 7 a.m. Gotcha. And then, um, and then, you know, obviously we'll take a look, see where we're at Sunday-ish, Monday-ish. And, That's awesome. And go from there. So Big um, year, man. It we're is. pumped. You know, I'm big pumped. for a lot of, a lot of yeah. people. You know, yeah. you got Trent. You know, I think as long as he can stay healthy, like, I think he's got a really good shot of going to regionals. Um, coast, of course, everybody knows Josh. I mean, that kid, man, he, he could go to the game. Just so everybody's listening out here, <laughs> he's got a really good shot of going to the game. So um, it's exciting. It's exciting for the gym, but not only exciting for the guys who compete, but just exciting for the members here, man, the athletes here. And if and, and I know we're going to get into it. I don't want to jump the gun here. We'll talk a little bit about open prep and open programming. But if you have not signed up for the open yet and you're listening to this podcast, Go sign up because I have seen some of the craziest things happen to people who've been doing CrossFit two, three, four months, who've never done a competition in their life, just to watch people push themselves to the limit that they've never experienced before in their lives is, that's my favorite part of the open watch. It's not, you know, watching these beasts on TV or watching these, you know, games athletes compete in the open. My favorite part is watching, you know, uh, Sally Jones come in, who's been doing CrossFit for three months, has never took herself to that dark place. And she goes out there on Friday nights, and she just gives it her all and collapses afterwards. Yeah. I mean, that's my favorite part of the year. Yeah, so. no, it's definitely a great uh, energy in the gym. So I'll let you take over yeah. now. I just wanted to get your thoughts because I know it's a big year for you too. So. Well, thanks, Charlie. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right, so what I really wanted to talk about, we, we talked last week or last podcast about the programming. Um, there's a lot of rabbit trails we can go down in the programming. So I kind of want to continue that conversation with some ideas um, about that and then really just kind of finish up with, with what I was just talking about a minute ago with the Open, some different, different things we can talk about with the Open approaching this week. Um, but first of all, just kind of a recap we talked about last podcast. We kind of talked about how the programming had evolved um, in the last couple of years. We talked about you took it over. Um, and how we talked about this idea of strength bias training and conditioning and, and encourage anybody, if you're listening to this right now, go back and listen to that podcast because that was a really good podcast and gave us the basis for how we program here, which might be a little bit different if you've been to some other gyms. So um, I really, again, want to kind of expand on that. And I'll add one thing, yeah. you know, that maybe people don't know is, especially if you're new to CrossFit, is that you are able to do whatever you want to do when it comes to programming for your gym or your affiliate. So CrossFit does not 
tell you that you have to follow any type of programming. It, it is, it's not a franchise model. You know, when you walk into Subway, it's the same colors. The, you know, BLT is the exact same way that you would get a BLT at any Subway. CrossFit is not like that at all. So when it comes to these workouts, every gym is doing them different. Um, and you have some gyms that are actually influencing how other gyms write programming. But just to make that clear that you're not required to do. So that's what you mean, Chris. And for the people, that's what Chris means when he says that every gym is kind of doing something different. And that's why, you know, one gym might be, you know, doing a lift plus a conditioning piece every day. You know, another gym might be doing a lot of long workouts. You know, another gym might be doing hero workouts or benchmarks all the time. You know, so it's basically you have freedom to do whatever you want to do. Yep. That's a, I think that's a really good point. Um, all right, Charlie, there is a revolutionary article out there in the CrossFit Journal from 2002. It was uh, Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit, and it's called What is Fitness? And for those of you listening right now, if you haven't, if you haven't read that article, you need to read it. Um, if you're really interested in the methodology and how we come up with programming and just how really how fitness got on the, or how CrossFit got on the map, that is um, again that that basically revolutionized CrossFit and fitness. Um, and he goes in there and he defines fitness a bunch of different ways, right? And that's where I want to start the programming discussion because I think there's I think this is um, I think that article and the points in there are the basis for for, for our programming. So. Um, he talks about kind of the fitness standards, the three or four different fitness standards, you know, when we're talking about the metabolic pathways, general physical skills, hopper model, and this continuum of sickness um, health. So I want to break those apart a little bit. And so um, I'm just going to have you really talk. Let, let's talk about the first one, the three metabolic pathways, and we're talking about working out and fitness. Yeah, so to, to elaborate on that article, what I love about CrossFit is, you know, it is science. So it's exercise science. It's not, hey, let, we just came up with this really random programming. In fact, Greg Glassman is very intelligent. And if you go back and you read through some of these articles that he wrote and some of these videos that he had going up, and they're all over the internet and you can get this content for free. Um, but he came up with something that was new and different. And in fact, it kind of was talking opposite some of the things that we would have learned in exercise science classes. You know, I was a sport management major and we took a lot of those uh, exercise physiology classes. You know, we focused a lot on studying how the energy systems work. So when you talk about these three energy systems, it's nothing new. It's been there for documented for a long time and a lot of people have studied it. But, you know, I like to think of it as it's short, medium and long. So there's different energy systems inside your body they're going to activate when you do something for 10 seconds right when you do a one rep max clean and jerk which is probably going to take five to seven seconds or a one rep max deadlift might be four to five seconds or a snatch could be like one and a half to two seconds depending on how explosive you are um, or you could do you know a 40 yard dash, right? Some of those guys that do it in four seconds or five seconds, or most people probably will. So that is going to actually be in a completely different energy system, which what we're going to call is the phosphagen energy system. Then we're going to travel into what is going to be a little bit longer. Maybe we're going to go into that one to two minutes, right? Or really we're going to say, um, 
for the really elite athlete is going to be like a Fran, 21, 59 thrusters and pull-ups. Grace, 30 clean and jerks for time. Um, you're not able to execute that time domain with the same amount of power that you could execute the 10 second and below energy system, right? So that's going to be the glycolytic. That's going to be what I'm going to say is you're able to push at about 70%, whereas in the phosphagen, you're able to push at like 100%. Like you doing a clean and jerk, one rep will be pushing at 100% of what you can do. Doing grace for 30 clean and jerks for time, there's a little... Now, you know, I do grace in like three minutes, you know, probably right now, three and a half, four minutes. So, um, but for somebody who's really high level athlete, you know, we could even scale the weight, right? And we could say, look, I could probably do grace at 95 pounds in two minutes. I'm, I'm going to be pushing at about 70% of that hundred percent and plus or minus every athlete. And then we're going longer. We're going to say like, this is, you know, marathon, two hour effort for, you know, not full marathon for two hours, but half marathon, but even like a 30 minute hero workout. And that's going to be your oxidative. So we're taking between this small, medium, and short, which we'll use those words because they're easier to understand. Energy systems, we're understanding that your body is going to actually respond differently to each one of those. Your capacity is going to be dependent upon your fitness. But now CrossFit says, okay, so when we define fitness, we want to be good not just in one of those energy systems, but all of them. So not only do we want to be strong for your one rep max efforts, right, or fast in your 40-yard dashes, but we want to have a very competitive grace time or we want to have a very competitive Fran time. Or if you're not a CrossFitter, you could say if you're um, you know, somebody who runs, we don't want to just be fast at 40 yards or 100 yards. We want to be fast at a 400, an 800, a mile, and a marathon. Okay, so that's a bold statement, right? Because, you know, not often do you find somebody who can deadlift, right, 600 pounds and run a sub five minute mile. In fact, those athletes are few and far between. But when Greg Glassman starts defining fitness, he says, look, we're going to take these three engines, these three metabolic pathways that your body has. So it's engine short, engine medium, engine long. We're going to train all three. Makes sense. So, So let me ask you. Is there a benefit, you train all three, um, is there a benefit to training any of those pathways more than the other? Great question. So like the first two, the short, medium are considered anaerobic. And then the, the oxidative, the long, that's the long workouts, they're aerobic. So that's you know, where you get the word aerobic exercise, right? We hang out a lot in the glycolytic. So as CrossFitters, we're going to, you know, in that two minutes, you could call it five minutes, right? You know, 70%, you could probably, we do that, you know, even though it's not like a grace, it could be a, you know, hey, we're going to do work to rest, right? So you work for three minutes, you rest for three minutes, or, and then you do that for four sets, five rounds, whatever, or, you know, even today's workout, you know, you're looking, you're, you're kind of like today's workout was the deadlift or the burpees, deadlifts, burpees. Let's be honest, we're working to resting, (laughs) you know, you're pushing until you can't push anymore and then you rest (laughs) and that's CrossFit. So we like to train that medium more than anything. So majority of our workouts are going to hang out in the glycolytic. Now there, if you only did glycolytic, then 
you're, you're going to really be awful at those short bursts, right? Like the one rep maxes, you know, are going to be really hard for you or the, you know, very explosive high power movements like 10 seconds and below, you know, 30 seconds and below are going to, are going to exhaust you. And if you never train the long, you know, when we have Murph, Mm -hmm. you know, or we have these workouts that we start training for 30 minutes, you know, or you go out and run a 5k, you're going to suffer too. So to answer that question there, the, the benefit probably for the average CrossFitter is going to fall more into that medium Mm -hmm. category because it is kind of the majority of our workouts, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to ignore the other two. And by training one, like I think as a lot of these people that run a lot before they start CrossFit. So Mm -hmm. if they were like distance runners, you know, they love to run half marathons, full marathons. When they come into CrossFit, I think they actually have a huge advantage Mm -hmm. because they have trained their aerobic capacity a ton. And, And yeah, when they come in here, they're kind of annoyed because you do a I mean, today was 10 minute workout probably for mm-hmm. most people or 15 max. You do a 10 to 15 minute workout, you're like, this is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's about like, okay, you do that and then realize like, don't you won't say that after you're done. Yeah. But they, you, you realize their weaknesses because they only, so runners only train the oxidative. Right. You know, and Olympic weightlifters only train the phosphagen. So we like hanging out in the, in the middle. So, okay, so that's the first fitness standard Glassman talks about in that, uh, in that article. Then the next one is he talks about these 10 general physical skills. Um, and it, talk to me a little bit about how that plays in. Yeah, so the people who came up with this were actually the Dynamax group, the guys who made the Dynamax medicine ball, which was, you know, nowadays all you have all these companies. But these guys came up with these 10 general physical skills. And... Just kind of really quickly to label them, they're cardio-respiratory endurance, stamina, strength, flexibility, speed, power, accuracy, agility, balance, and coordination. When we look at these 10, and they're saying that basically these 10 general physical skills, and Glassman, you know, he just pulled from that. He said, look, these are great. Why would we rewrite something? Why would we remake something just like the three energy systems? He took from exercise science that. He took these 10 general physical skills. He goes, you know what? I don't want to be just good at one of these. I want to be good at all of them. And then when these guys who created this, these 10 general physical skills talked about some of them being organic and then actually some of them being neurological. In other words, some of them we can get better at just by training. Others are going to require a ton of practice. So the example of like the organic or the cardiorespiratory endurance, the stamina, strength, and flexibility, like do more of those and you're going to get better at those. And then the the last four more neurological, which is accuracy, agility, balance, and coordination, which you have to practice that stuff. You know, and we, we realize that when we go over snatches, like you can't just muscle your way into a strong, uh, one rep max snatch. And then the, the, the centerpiece is a little bit of both, which is speed and, and power. If you have a weakness, right? If you're if, uh, flexibility, it's going to be exposed in CrossFit. You know, through the broad movements that we include, through the requirements that we have, and the movements that we have. You know, whatever you're lacking is going to be exposed in this. You know, if you have no power, you know, and these are people that probably don't do a lot of short stuff. You know, they only like the runners. I love the runners. Okay, I've ran a lot of marathons. <laughs> And I'll, I'm a runner. I consider myself a runner. I haven't ran one in a while, but 
they don't have any power. Like they just they go long. They operate at a very you know low percentage of high power for a very long period of time. Super impressive. Like trust me, a lot of these CrossFitters or a lot of these Olympic lifters can't do what they can do, right? But I want I want you to be able to do both. Or Glassman saying that I want you to be able to go and run long, but also come in and lift and move and be explosive, right? So um, balance, you know, that's another one. You know, it's going to be exposed, and you know, you see it in warm up drills, right? Sometimes with some of our members, you know, even a simple as a lunge twist, you know, it's like that's like something that I do with every private training client. Uh, especially when I'm starting new clients in the warm-up drills that I do is specifically to watch how they move and, and check for balance, right? It, Cause it kind of exposes some of the weaknesses in the, in the person. So, but that, that's the 10 general physical skills. That's another piece of what he kind of uses to define fitness. And so your question for yourself is what, what am I lacking in? Right? So cardiorespiratory endurance, stamina, strength, flexibility, Speed, power, accuracy, agility, balance, and coordination. And CrossFit should get you better in those, right? So mm-hmm. the programming, going back to the original question, is the programming should be addressing the, the metabolic pathways, short, medium, long, and the 10 general physical skills, as well as the one that we're going to talk about next. The or, third one. Yeah. And the third fitness standard being, being the hopper model. Yeah. Right? And this, this is probably where CrossFit stands out in Glassman kind of threw something out there that was super random. So going back to the first CrossFit Games in 2007, um, you know, this was just like a gathering. You know, it was at a ranch. It was, uh, hey, you know, bring out your ice chest. You know, let's just do a fun fitness competition. And they programmed, you know, they had basically a CrossFit total, right? So it was like one rep max back squat, shoulder press, deadlift. Um, but they had this hopper workout and it, these hopper workouts became really popular. I don't think they're as popular today, but they were really popular for, we'll say from like 2007, even to like 2012. Mm-hmm. I remember we had a group of coaches like Ken yeah. and Max and Luke, and they had Friday afternoon hopper workouts at the Brian gym. Basically the hopper is, you know, bingo, mm-hmm. throw a ton of movements into this giant, uh, you know, almost like a, just a wheel, right? Like mm-hmm. this hopper, just anything you can think of 500 meter row, you know, deadlifts, um, clean and jerks, kettlebell swings, pull-ups. You could just come up with all the movements that you could imagine in your brain that would fall under the monostructural gymnastics and weightlifting, which is kind of, we touched on that last right. time and, um, pull, stuff out right start pulling stuff out you know you could even get as creative as pulling throwing numbers in there one through 30 you know mm-hmm. and you you pull out you know let's see we pull out a number so we got okay three and then you pull out a movement you know 500 meter row great you know yeah. and then you pull out another one let's just say you pull out a you know a deadlift you know and you pull out a weight you know it's just randomness Mm -hmm. it is really taking this idea of let's just say we have in there uh, a mile run 100 meter swim one rep max back back squat so if we had a competition with those movements so we have a mile run we have a back squat and then we have a 100 meter swim and then you've got three different athletes you've got a crossfitter a power lifter and a marathoner 
So you have these three athletes and they're competing in the mile run. So if we're trying to think who would get first place from the crossfitter, the powerlifter, and the marathoner if we were going to race for a mile? Probably the runner, probably the marathoner. I mean, you know, depending on the crossfitter, who knows, but maybe. But the marathoner, I mean, that's what they do. They run. So they probably can run a mile faster than the other two. And then probably the crossfitter get second and then probably the powerlifter get third, right? But then you got event two, which could be like the back squat. Well, who's going to get first, second, and third? Well, the power lifter's probably going to get first because that's what he does. The crossfitter's probably going to get second because marathoner is really weak because they don't lift. And, then, and I'm, I'm not trying to knock <laughs> marathoners. <laughs> Sorry if there's any marathoners. I'm telling you, I am a marathoner myself. So, uh, And then the marathoner would get third just because, you know. And then you throw in that 100-meter swim. Who's going to get first, second, and third? You know, that's a kind of a coin toss, you know, but I probably would think the crossfitter might get first mm-hmm. i think you know mm-hmm. i mean the marathoner you know for sure would get second maybe the I mean, would get first who knows depending on how much swimming yeah, they have bad. power lifter for sure yeah, man that guy's going anywhere. he's taking, <laughs> he's taking <laughs> the bottom yeah. yeah you might need floaties <laughs> yeah. and but when you look at it if if you're taking all these events and we're trying to get the fittest person your crossfitter is even though they might not be the best they're kind of hanging out at the top, which is the cool part of CrossFit competitions. You know, if you go to a CrossFit competition, there's usually three to five events. Yeah, it's cool to win one, but really you're not trying to win. You're just trying to stay somewhere in the top. Yep. You know, Rich Froning, who is like the CrossFit legacy forever, you know, first place four years in a row, he didn't, I mean, he won some events, but there's like, what, 16 events at the games? Mm-hmm. But he was just consistently at the top. So he wasn't the fittest at any one of those things. He was just better than everyone else consistently. You know, whereas that you don't want to be the guy who gets first and then 30th. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what all these other training programs cause you to do. They, they expose your weaknesses. So the Hopper model is really taking this idea of we should be able to throw anything at you and you should be able to do well. You may not be the best, but you definitely won't be the worst. Mm-hmm. And then when you put CrossFit through that filter, right, of the three metabolic pathways, the 10 general physical skills, and the hopper, you start understanding the programming a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I think expand on, that, expand on that a little bit. So now we've got our three fitness standards as, the, uh, defined, as defined by Glassman in 2002. Now how does that play in? how you program say for this gym. yeah how does that okay so that why do we do all kinds of stuff because you take that hopper idea and we should really be doing the stuff we don't want to do you know like ring muscle ups man for for somebody or, or and we can scale that from if, if ring muscle ups are hard or impossible for you at this stage we'll call it chin to bar pull-ups we have to have that stuff in our programming because I'll tell you what most people do in their fitness is they do what they want to do. That's life. (laughs) You know, that's marriage. Mm -hmm. That's your walk with the Lord. Like our default setting is to do what we want to do. We need to be doing what we don't want to do. That's where CrossFit programming is really awesome. So when we think about how that influences our programming here is we want to include everything. 
Like we might run a lot one day. We might lift something really heavy one day. When you start tailoring your fitness program around just doing what you want to do and not doing the stuff that you're not good at, then you're, lo- you're actually losing. You're actually declining. You're actually dying. So the looking at the three metabolic pathways, I guarantee you there's one that you like more than the others. I hate short workouts. You know why? Because I don't like pushing at 100%. I love that kind of, I'm going to say like that 10 to 20, as, as much as those are bad, for, I like the 10 to 20 minutes, wait, probably 15 to 20 minutes more than the 3 to 5. Yeah. Like the 3 to 5 to me are like, you have to go to a dark place, and I hate going there. <laughs> I'm just like, and I eventually, I mean, that's the difference probably between the CrossFit Games athletes and the normal Joes like me is like, those people go there and love it, and they crave, you know. Mm-hmm. We have to program all three. You know, if, if you see the programming and, and it has a long workout, filthy 50, and you don't come, you're not getting, you're, you're actually not, you're, you're paying for a membership that you're not getting the value of. If you see something programmed today, 100 burpees, right? 50 burpees, 30 deadlifts, 50 burpees, and you don't come because you don't like burpees, you're not getting, you know, it's like going to church and hearing a sermon about marriage but you've you know you're you're in a place in your marriage that you're really not happy and you don't want to hear what the pastor has to say about loving your wife you know regardless of how you feel right because Mm -hmm. that's getting all up in your business and so you choose to the next three to four messages are all gonna be about marriage you know you're just gonna conveniently not make it and then you'll come back to start hearing about the stuff that you like to hear about Mm -hmm. that's not making you any more spiritually healthy or that's not gonna make your walk with the Lord stronger so you have to do the things you don't like to do, and that's how the programming functions. You know, I don't just write workouts that I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I write workouts that I don't like sometimes. You know, I write things, you know, the programming, how this influences is the hopper model is there is a dosage of randomness to the programming. Now I don't have a hopper in my office and create workouts like that, but to a certain extent, there's like, okay, let's put a couple things together that typically wouldn't be put together. So like what I love that kind of proves, you know, everything wrong, I like to think there's no wrong way to write a CrossFit workout. Like as much as I say that and probably like second guess myself, like there probably is a wrong way. But <laughs> but they're really, JT is is a hero workout. 21-15-9, push-ups, handstand push-ups, and ring dips. Like if there's anything that goes against all this push-pull, like <laughs> – you know, run, recover, is that, like, dude, the shoulders, man, the pushing, you can't, okay, who wrote that, CrossFit, Glassman, I don't know who came up with it, it's a hero workout, it's a benchmark, that in and of itself tells us that you, you really, these can be written in any way possible, now, you might do one and be like, man, okay, I don't think I'm ever going to do that one again, but arguably, the hopper proves to us that, okay, we can't really mess this stuff up. You know, now, going back to what we talked about last time, you know, we don't want to do heavy deadlifts today, heavy power cleans tomorrow, you know, and then uh, 200 kettlebell swings for time on Wednesday because I guarantee you everybody's back is going to be lit, you know. Yeah. So there's a way that you can pull back and view and look and say, okay, based on my experience, based on what I think, 
you know, maybe we should take this out. Maybe we should, you know, shoulders are going to be really tired on this day. So maybe we should cut back on that, right? So you don't want to do JT every day. But really, the hopper tells you that, you know, you can't really mess this stuff up, right? I mean, so Mm -hmm. it's um, looking through it through those lenses helps to decide on what are we hitting all the energy systems? Are the 10 general physical skills getting touched? And then is there a a little bit of randomness to what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Good, good. And I think so, so we look at that, and, and we'll call that 70, 75, 80% of the year where that's how, you're, that's how you're generally looking at programming, right? You're hitting those three fitness standards, the metabolic pathways, physical skills, the hopper model. But then kind of in no, – And, and one thing, too, to think about is variance, right? Because the constantly varied, right, component of CrossFit is important. So what are the things that we can vary, you know, because – uh, this might help somebody listening who's probably really kind of curious about, you know, the, the, the different workouts is you're looking at the things that we can vary are the time, right? So that's mm-hmm. the energy systems, right? Short, medium, long, the load, right? So today's a 225 deadlift, whereas we did Dr. B last week and that was a 135 deadlift. That would be load. That would be weight. The reps, you know, you could do workouts, and we touched on this last podcast, like a uh, smaller amount of rep, like Amanda, nine, seven, five. I mean, not a short workout. I mean, it's going to take even the pretty good athletes five minutes. You know, I mean, some of us 10, right? 12 minutes for Amanda, RX, muscle ups. That's a, but then you've got the filthy 50, you know, 500 reps. So um, you can take reps. You can take the priority and see, is it task priority or time priority? You know, is it going to be one of those that we're going to say three minute AMRAP uh, or uh, Friday's open workout? All open workouts are pretty much the more time priority because for scoring, that just makes it easier. So you're going to go, you know, seven minute AMRAP or task priority. Helen, three rounds for time of 400 meter run, 21 kettlebell swings, 12 pull-ups. Like, so those are ways, you know, and, and all these things are going to be focused on variants. So we're wanting to have a variety on all of them throughout the week, throughout the month. So, okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That's what we talk about constantly varied. Yep. I mean, that's what you hear that in that terminology. So, um, so, so we take these three fitness um, standards, you know, you apply them, however you apply them in your program for 75, 80, 85% of the year. But then in November, right, we change a little bit. I mean, we still yeah. keep those, we, we still keep those standards in place, obviously, because it is CrossFit. And that's what CrossFit's built around when it comes to programming. But then we change a little bit in November. So, and this will segue obviously into our final topic today, which will be more about the open. But talk to me a little bit about yeah. what we do here at the gym. So since November, anybody who's been paying attention to the workouts, if you kind of have been studying the workouts, we our programming shifted a little around the 1st of November leading to where we're at now this week. And what we were really focused on prior to this was the term we used last time, GPP or general physical preparedness, which is kind of what we're training for all the time is just we want to be fit for the everyday tasks that life throws at you, right? Whether you're playing recreational sports or you're chasing the kids around or you're somebody who plays golf on the weekends. Like we want to be the program for you. But in November, we started actually focusing more on workouts that were going to prepare you specifically for the open. Now that could have been, you know, without you knowing that, but we knew as a gym, because we do the open every year, 
that we are just like after the open we're actually you know we did this last year we're going to do murph on memorial day so we're actually going to throw in a little bit of training to help build everybody's capacity and those movements in that time domain specifically for that task you may or may not do murph and and that doesn't matter because you're still going to get fitter right that's what you're coming for is you want to get fitter and so the open's the same way like whether you do the open or don't do the open we want you to do the open but is not super important because the programming is going to get you fitter regardless but since November, we started focusing a lot more on what I'm going to call that 10 to 12 minute. We did more um, conditioning than we did strength because hopefully you had built up strength in the previous you know, eight months from the last open that is now benefiting you in these conditioning workouts. Because if we take even one day of just doing strength, we're kind of going... I don't want to say this the wrong way. We're going backwards, right? Because we're trying to prepare for an effort where you're going to be asked, most of the open workouts are going to ask of you to, you know, turn it on, you know, go max out. Not, we've only had one time that we had to do a one rep max, right? So of the eight years of the open or seven or eight years of the open, five open workouts every year one time and it was a part two of a workout and i don't think we'll see that again. no so no i think that backfired a little bit so so if we're preparing if we know what the competition is which we know very little but we know we know what we know because we can see the past workouts if we know what the event is that's why we you know we're not going to run a lot of 5ks or 10ks or you know we're getting ready for a specific task and that's what we've been training for so the training has been reflecting so if you if you've been paying attention since november we kind of threw out the window this um you know short medium long you know kind of model that we had been following before and anybody who came or is listened to the programming seminar that i did uh last year you know and i went over specifically i even gave out a month's worth of programming and we talked about monostructural gymnastics weightlifting mm-hmm. and kind of any you know, of the coaches i'd put on the programming the mgw and mm-hmm. i put on whether depending on the time of the work we threw that out the window because we knew we we're getting ready for the open and so we you know it doesn't mean that that training can't get you ready for the open but we just know a little bit more about what's coming ahead which is how we were able to influence the programming differently no Makes sense. Getting ready for the competition, basically. That's right. Getting ready for the competition. All right. So this, let's segue a little bit. That's a great segue right into the Open itself. So I coach classes here. I know the other coaches have heard this before. You know, we start the last two or three weeks, maybe even longer. We've been starting. All right. Everybody should be signed up for the Open. Yet I know there are people, probably newer members, newer athletes here that are asking this question. Why should I do the Open? And I know there's going to be people listening to this that are, are thinking, well, why, why should I do the Open? I'm not trying to go to the games. I'm not trying to be a Josh. I'm not trying to be a Trent. Why should I do the Open? So f- first, let's understand that a very small percentage of people that sign up are actually really doing it for that reason because there's 320,000 people signed up last year. I want to say the games invites 240 people total. The regionals, I think, is 960. So whatever percentage a thousand is of three hundred twenty thousand, those and we can really almost say that if you're in the top 
5,000, you might be really focused on it. So really 5,000 out of 320,000. So that tells us that there's 315,000 people that are doing it for a completely different reason than that. I'm one of those people. And what I love about the open is it focuses my efforts, right? For five weeks, even as a trainer, as a gym owner, you know, it's so easy to kind of, you know, I would say train and not be focused, like go through the movements, just show up. But for five weeks, man, I am really maximizing. I, for the first time in a really long time today, I was 10 minutes early and opened up my hips, <laughs> That which tells you something. You know, I'm already thinking about this next week and I want to be prepared and I want my body to feel good and I you know, want to be able to do my very best, I'm not going to the regionals. I'm not going to the CrossFit Games, you know. So if you're in a state where you're kind of, you know, you're just showing up, you know, you're, you're not completely motivated to be here, which it's okay to feel that way. In fact, like, there's probably a, 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 you know, a few questions you need to ask yourself if, you know, are you sleeping enough? Are you eating well? Are you hydrated? You know, I know there's diehards that work out six days a week, seven days a week. You know, heck, you might need a rest day, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other podcast. We can talk about adrenal fatigue, right, yeah. and just kind of like burnout. But for the most part, if you're coming in and you're, you're just like, man, I, you know, I signed up a few months ago and I'm, I'm kind of losing my, my mojo. I'm kind of losing motivation. Man, sign up for the Open you're going to be motivated. Another thing is like um, even Alicia and Lauren, her friend Lauren Kleeman works out here. They are, and I don't think it's just for the open, but they're doing like a 90-day nutrition deal that starts today. And they've set some goals. Oh, and Stephanie Kurz. So they're doing it together. It's, they each have different, you know, goals that they've mm -hmm. set out. But I guarantee you that the open will help contribute to their focus because now, you know, part of that is working out. Like Alicia wants to work out four to five days a week. Lauren wants to work out six days a week. So it's allowing them to have a goal. So for the next five weeks, your nutrition is going to be more dialed in because you know you're coming on Friday, Thursday night, you're not going to eat. You know, in fact, you might eat better all week because you don't want to feel awful on Friday for some of these workouts. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is I'm humbled every open. I need to be humbled. Like, I need to be humbled. I'm humbled in my marriage. Not every, you know, year like the open. I'm humbled in my marriage all the time. My marriage r reminds me that I need the Lord. I need the Lord to help me love my wife, you know. I, I, my parenting my, I'm remind, I'm humbled, you know, like I'm challenged more with my patience <laughs> in raising little kids. You know, this business is, it humbles me when I have conversations with coaches and it, and I realize that I need to be a better leader and I need to really think about how I interact with the team. It, mm -hmm. you know, I'm humbled in, in all these areas of my life. Well, the open humbles me in my fitness because I, I will get to a point and probably every workout, where I realize I'm not that fit. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does. And and some of these movements, you know, like a few years back, you know, ring muscle-ups, man, I, I honestly, I hated seeing them in the open. 
I remember the first time I saw him in the open um, was the overhead squat, burpees, ring muscle-ups. And I, I mean, I think I got like two, you know, that year. And, and But I got more motivated. And like, I've gotten better at ring muscle-ups. Like, when you are humbled and you realize that, you know what, there's areas that you need to get better at, it makes you better. You're going to learn a lot about yourself in this five-week experience. You're going to be challenged. It's good to be challenged. Mm-hmm. You know, I love going to church and being challenged. I love waking up in the morning and reading a passage in the Bible that challenges me. I love having a conversation with somebody and being challenged to be a better friend, to be a better person, right? So if you're avoiding this because you don't want to be challenged, you need to ask yourself a better question. You know, is that like, is that because you approach a lot of areas of your life that way? Like you avoid things that are hard because now you're actually like when we talk about building better people, like I believe wholeheartedly the open is going to make you a better you. Mm-hmm. Not because of any ranking that you're going to have, but maybe you need to be humbled. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to be challenged, right? And the open's going to help facilitate. Plus, man, it's the best $20 you'll ever spend. <laughs> I mean, get a t-shirt. Oh, you get well, you get a free t-shirt. We're going to feed you every Friday. Yeah. You know, uh, there's going to be an awesome surprise that we have if we get 100 signups. So if we get 100 signups and there's going to be a whole nother component to this which is going to be even better for everybody here. Um, not to mention, you're going to have some awesome bathrooms to use. Awesome. <laughs> well, you get to use those all the time, but we'll we'll throw that in there yeah, just yeah, yeah. but you're going to have some uh, swag that we're going to get mm-hmm. uh, for all the people that sign up. So some free stuff. And it's like a five-week competition. Mm-hmm. You know, competitions cost anywhere, you know, in-house competitions. It might be 30 40 bucks, all the way up to some of these events that are 100 bucks. Man, you're going to get this for basically $20 for a five-week competition. And we're going to organize it. You know, all the coaches are here just because they love the gym and they're volunteering their time, their knowledge, their experience to motivate, encourage you. You will leave. If you come to a Friday Night Lights, you're going to, it's like Kyle Field. Man, I remember the first time my dad, because I was, you know, a freshman when I went to my first AM football game and the energy was through the roof. Like you go to Kyle Field and when my dad first came to his first Aggie football game that season, he said, anybody who's depressed needs to go to an Aggie football game. <laughs> Because the energy is through the roof, right? So when you come to Friday Night Lights, man, you're it, it's a whole nother level. So if you have the ability to do the workouts on Friday nights, I encourage you to do that. We will offer that during the day, but I would strongly encourage you to take advantage of Friday Night Lights and come in the afternoons. Absolutely. It's a, it's a great atmosphere. Yeah. I, can't, I can't agree with you more than that. So talk to me... Um, so Sally Jones just listened to this podcast. She said, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to compete in the Open this year. I'm going to do it. I've, I've listened to Charlie. He's got me motivated. What can Sally Jones expect on Friday night? Walk us through a little bit. Great question. You know what what can she expect yeah. when she gets here? Well, right? she'll I'll show up. Yeah, she'll see all the coaches. Right? She'll she'll see the familiar faces. She might see some people she knows from the gym. Maybe some people she doesn't who work out at different times. Um, we'll welcome everybody at five. And then we'll kind of go over the workout because the workout got released on Thursday night, but we want to make sure that we go over the standards. So, you know, we're going to kind of make sure that she feels comfortable with the movements. And then we're actually going to have you sign up for heats 
Thursday night, if you are on top of it, or Friday sometime during the day, you're going to register online through Eventbrite. So if you come on Friday night, you would have either already signed up for Heat. If you haven't, we'll figure out if we have a place for you, but I'd encourage you to make sure you get signed up so you can lock in your spot because Heats will start probably around 5.15, and depending on how long the workout is, it might be like a 10-minute workout, a 20-minute workout, but we want to you know, go every 15 to 20 minutes with heat. So we'll have like a 515, 535. So Sally would know, hopefully, if she's registered and you know, the emails will t- tell her what to do. The coaches and announcements will tell her what to do. She's registered for a time. So let's just say Sally shows up at 5. She goes at 6. Well, probably around 545, we're going to have a coach who's going to take that group, that 6 o'clock heat, through a warm-up. So she really just needs to prepare you know, getting ready. She'll watch probably a heat go. She's going to get super nervous, probably have some anxiety. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, after she's seen a heat or two, it's going to be like 5.30, 5.40. Now we're going to call Sally, go warm up. We're going to go warm up. She's going to come out. We're going to have a designated spot for Sally to go, um, a judge for her to count her reps. And then at six o'clock, she's going to, you know, three, two, one, go. She'll do, let's say it's a 10 minute workout. She'll do her 10 minute workout. She's going to be exhausted, and then she'll be done, get high fives and hugs. She'll go enter her score, and then we'll have food. This Friday, we'll have Grub Burger providing food for all the people that, that come. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Sally, if you're out there, <laughs> sign up. You got it. Straight, straight from Charlie. Great atmosphere. Um, okay, let's talk about, um, real quick, these workouts tend to be, they're all different, right? But they're all really the same, right? They're all they're all different, but they're all really the same. And when I say that, I mean the way we approach them and kind of the strategy, right? So talk about, again, uh, yeah, novice. So, yeah. Um, I like to approach every open workout with my own personal strategy. Um, there's a ton of videos that are going to come out, but really the best question for you to ask, I would ask every um, person who warms you up or every you know coach that you have the best relationship with, who knows you as an athlete, like how should I approach this workout? Because if you, let's just say today's workout was an open workout, the 50 burpees, 30 deadlifts, 50 burpees. And you just go all out on those burpees. By the time you get that first deadlift, you know, and then you're doing singles, you know, but if you have a good pace, you know, in other words, like something that you can maintain, knowing that you're going to be in this workout for at least eight to 10 minutes or for the open workouts, that you should approach a five minute workout different than a 10 minute workout different from a 20 minute workout. But, you know, looking at each workout, asking there, the strategy is going to be different person to person. Like me and you should approach certain workouts differently because you have different strengths and weaknesses than I have. So we need to know our strengths and know our weaknesses. The newer CrossFitter really doesn't know their strengths and weaknesses. They, you know, depending, they know, you can ask yourself, am I like a high, high level, like highly, you know, ambitious, like risk taker where it's like three, two, one, go kind of like a TJ where it's like his first year, they open was just like dangerous, you know, (laughs) or am I a super conservative, you know, like calculated, like very, you know, much somebody who's not wanting to go, where do I fall there? Cause there's, there's a strength and a weakness on both ends of that. The, the, kind of more TJ, not picking on them, TJ motivated type person, man, they're going to hit burnout. They're going to hit a point when they redline way too early. The highly conservative, highly calculated, which is me, is going to probably never maximize their potential. So we want to be somewhere in between in every workout. Like you said, they're all similar, 
they're just different movements, but they're all very similar. You need to kind of ride the in-between, right? You need to go hard enough to stay for yourself competitive, but conservative enough to not risk burning out and hitting a point where, you know, if the final part is pull-ups or whatever, ring muscle-ups, you don't have anything left in the tank. You know, you take the Karen, 150 wall ball, 90 double under, 30 ring muscle-up, 12-minute AMRAP. You could do a five and a half minute Karen and then, you know, unbroken double unders and have four minutes. But what if you have to sit there for two minutes before you can get one ring muscle up because your shoulders are shot? Whereas if maybe you did, you know, 20 wall balls for seven sets and then 10 at the end, 50 double unders or three sets of 30. And now you did muscle-ups for, let's say you finished that in eight minutes. Now you did muscle-ups for four minutes instead of two minutes. You're going to get a way better score. Same athlete, just one had a strategy that worked and one didn't. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, I think that's uh, I think it's really good advice. Um, those, uh, and, and, and just to kind of reiterate what you were saying, the burnout thing can happen. I mean, it, and there is nothing, if, you've, if you're new to this, there is nothing worse than hitting red line in a 10-minute workout at about minute three. It is miserable. Like, you want to hit red line at, at like, 30 seconds left. Like, to where you can just push through for 30 seconds and be done. I've done it before. I mean, I still work on that. I've been doing this seven years, and I still got to work out because because you feel so good because you got all this adrenaline pumping and people are cheering for you. Like, hey, man, I feel great. I was only going to do three reps and then drop it, but I'm going to do seven instead. But that stuff catches up with you. And I remember 17.1 last year, that exposed some people Ooh. in that round of 30 and that 15 burpee box jumps. You had people in a 20-minute in a workout or 17-minute workout that were done in minute five. You know, It got so real. It got real. So, no, good. Excellent, excellent. So, so what is um, – what do you recommend for rest day? So, so yes. obviously your training schedule is yeah. change up. So like bit. you'll so. see the programming this week reflect a little bit of what you can expect for the next five weeks. So Thursdays, because it's the day before the open, you know, we're, we're basically, it, we're moving, you know, longer warm-ups, longer cool-downs, a little bit more stretching, foam rolling, and a little bit of movement in there. Nothing crazy because we know that the next day, we well, first of all, we don't know what's coming the next day, so we don't want to program anything that is going to, be again on the following day, right? So we're very careful to think that through. We also don't want to go easy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because we, we need to expose ourselves to some level of intensity. Um, but even being smart about how you feel day to day. So if you feel like something's tweaked or like maybe you need to go light, like pay attention to that stuff. Like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they should not be competition. You know, like if, you know, we've talked about that podcast, I think a while back where it's like Bergeron talks about like, you know, a certain percentage of your workout should be training. A certain percentage of those workouts should be practiced. And then 10%. So like one out of every 10 workouts should be competition. Well, now we're doing that every week. So don't approach Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like, like it's the open. That's a really important thing. Like approach Friday as your competition. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday should be training good form, breathing. Training is not eat like light. So it's like you can you still want to sweat, you still want to move, but training is going to be where 
paying attention to how you feel. Like if today the deadlifts feel kind of heavy, like maybe even scale them back. Like don't hurt yourself. Don't go too hard because now your mind is going to be exhausted from every Friday having a competition. Trust me because that is one thing that you want to manage is your mindset throughout this five weeks. No, Excellent. I think that kind of, that, that talk, I think you kind of hit my last point, which was listening to your body. Yeah. Knowing when to, knowing when to hammer down, yeah. knowing when to back Oh, and off. so good rest days, you know, I mean, I think Thursday, you know, some people operate well off a of rest day. Some people need to come up and move. So if you like to move, come move at the gym on Thursday. Don't do anything crazy. We're not going to do anything crazy. And then, you know, maybe rest Saturday and Sunday throughout the open if it beats you up pretty bad if you operate well and coming back in on a saturday you know if two consecutive rest days make you feel a little more lethargic we'll come up on saturday just don't go all out and we're going to program saturday workouts hopefully in the same mindset to not overdo it right and then obviously if you want to make up the workout on monday you can do that if you aren't able to do it on friday or saturday you know i'm sure there's gonna be opportunities to do that too that's a good place to end sweet man and looking forward to the open man i can't wait it's gonna be fun thanks chris thank you for tuning in today don't forget to subscribe to the building better people podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle